Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back in our downtown studios, it's the second hour of the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. Nate Catter, Jen Cease with you. George Gansner is alongside. And uh, let's talk a little bit about sort of let's recap that first hour, Jen, because I think we got to <laughs> a lot of uh, interesting discussion. We got out some angst. We Dale Shilly some- <laughs> talking, talking laws of the game. Uh, obviously, everything centered around St. Louis City's 3-0 loss to Seattle last night. So let's start to look at this in a little bit more of a big picture way, because I think everybody coming into the season even could have pointed at this three game stretch in particular, Seattle and then FC Cincinnati next weekend back at city park back to back as problematic for city yeah. Minnesota also tricky again, because of how they play and that how things turned out. I think maybe we've been caught in overreacting to a five game winning streak and that people are then more disappointed than they should be to lose three nil to Seattle in the fashion they did. And I want to be very conscious of not getting caught up in that cycle and overreacting then the other way, right? right. You, you want to not overcorrect when the car starts to go to the right, you don't want to just yank the wheel back. To yeah. The I think we talked about it before when I was just, you know, brand new fan, right? We were like, yeah, here we go. It's like, okay, we're going to go to Austin. We're going to probably lose in Austin. That's really hard. We're a brand new team. I know we've been practicing together for a long time, but you know, you don't really know till the rubber hits the road. We're going to hit it in Austin. There are a bunch of, you know, green, great stadium. And we go and we win. And it's like, oh, man. Okay. Statistically, we're probably due for a loss. But we didn't. We won at home. And then we kept going. So we got really, like you said, overly excited. When really, we would have really been happy to probably have, you know, a win, a draw, and a couple of losses by this time. Right? Yeah, it just totally changes the outlook. I think there were a lot of people, the normal expansion team rhetoric is happy to be here. Let's be competitive. I mean, even even from Lutz and Bradley Carnell, that's what you were hearing coming into the season is our goal is to be competitive right away. And it's not that different, honestly. It, I mean, the, from hearing Lutz this morning and hearing Bradley talk also on the post game, you know, they're, they've always been pretty humble. They've always been, I think, pretty honest with, you know, um, 
we have a plan. We made some adjustments. We tried some things. Some things worked. Some things didn't work. We necessarily quite didn't have everybody on the same page, maybe in the way you're talking about the second half. It's pretty normal run of course when you're trying to adjust with the team. It's just we've got the Sounders have been doing it for a really long time, and Cincinnati's been doing it. Pat Noonan's made adjustments. I'm curious if, George, I know you know Pat a bit, and you've refereed him. You've refereed his teams before. You know, if you're Pat and being a St. Louisan, and, you know, knowing a little bit, you know, knowing a lot about our city, but, you know, this team's as new to Pat as it is to us. What are you possibly thinking right now? What are you going to do with your team? You're here to win. <laughs> that, that's it. You're you're a professional and you're here to win. And it's nice that you're coming home and you're going to see some friends, but you're here to win. And, and I really think that um, at the end, Pat's done some really great things uh, in Cincinnati this year and, and, and that all started last year. And um, they've had a great start to the season and they're going to come here and they're going to try to win and they're not really going to care whether or not he's at home. You know, it's interesting, too, that we talk about Pat Noonan because the typical St. Louis fan, like we said, not new to soccer, but they are new to MLS. So right. city fans might not know just how bad FC Cincinnati were, right? We talk about just how bad sporting Kansas City are, and they are just about the bottom of the barrel. They're at the bottom of the dumpster. Truly pathetic soccer they're playing, right? Well, FC Cincinnati, the first three years, were underneath the, the dumpster. They were underneath the road. They were in the molten <laughs> core of the earth. They were yep. so low. Yep, Stam was a coach, and yep. he couldn't do it. Well, and to put it in perspective, when FC Cincinnati hired Yap Stam, they tweeted the wrong bald-bearded guy as their new head coach. Like, the photo wasn't even the correct head coach. So Ooh. that's where things were for FC Cincinnati. Mm. So be grateful, City fans, for everything you have. I know you've that's lost right. two games in we, a row, haven't scored for three weeks. We did start better than that. But be grateful for, for how bad it could be. I mean, they were the worst team in the league that first year. And set a league record, all-time MLS record for most goals conceded in a single season. They actually won their first home game against Portland, who were one of the best teams in the league. So things still, weird things still happen. But they then finished bottom of the league their second season, bottom of the league their third season. When Pat came in, and he had been an assistant at, in Philadelphia, and he was brought in along with Chris Albright, who was assistant general manager essentially in Philadelphia. So they basically just said the union seemed to have things figured out and we definitely don't. So let's bring them to Cincinnati and see how it goes. And they turned things around almost instantly. Now they had some good luck in that Lucio Acosta was there. As we talked about, they had brought in Brenner and especially Brandon Vasquez. People didn't really know it yet, at least outside the club. Brandon Vasquez was about ready to take off. Yeah, but to, right. but to turn things around, they have to, but the players have to buy into what the coach sure. wants, right? Sure. And if you don't buy into what the coach wants, and, and um, Pat's an, uh, an assistant coach at um, uh, Seattle for several, several years, and, and he goes and he's in his first head coaching job. And if those players who are, are full internationals, and Pat was a full international, they don't buy into what he wants to do. They're at the bottom of the league again. That, that's probably true. I think m m the point that I was going to make is, in, especially in reference to City. So it ties in, obviously, because Pat is a St. Louisan and he's getting to coach at City Park for the first time. And that's going to be fun and exciting, I'm sure, for him and his family and friends. I think, though, the luxury, and there are very few luxuries when you take over a team that's played three seasons in its existence and finished dead last out of 20-odd teams every time, but one of the luxuries is expectations in Cincinnati were very low and patience, at least as far as Pat Noonan specifically was concerned, was high. You're, you're not going to fire a coach halfway through his first season when that's the team he's inheriting. So they were going to be patient. The same, of course, was going to be true of an expansion team. City fans understood what this season was going to be about. Then they won their first five games. And I think expectations now for the remainder of the season are dramatically different than they were six to eight weeks ago, which is good because they got them there by winning their first five games. Mm -hmm. But it also means there's a level of pressure on 
the coaching staff and on the players that wasn't really there in February. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, that we're also, we, we came out and, and unapologetically played a style. You know, we picked a style, we played a style, and this is the first time that at least it felt to me like we really tried to adjust some play. Some people thought that was a good idea. I mean, I actually think it brought some frustration to Seattle in that first first half. Didn't work in the second half, but even, you know, Berkey said in the in the pressing is, for is if he was thinking of it, we don't want to adapt too much to the opponent. We should play our game because it doesn't matter what opponent we play. We should we should do our our game our way. And so even with Cincinnati come in, who we can probably look at and think of and adjust, and what are they going to do? I'll be interested to see if we try to stick to things as as they are the way they were, or do we keep on this this a bit of hey we're learning and we're trying new things as well. Uh, let's keep going, even though we've had all this success and we've got a few. How desperate are we to have to make sure that this is a win is my question. Uh, I don't think desperate for a win, I, and I don't think desperate for anything. I do think it puts some pressure on them to at least get a point. I think if you okay. make it three straight losses, two of them at home, that's problematic. I mean, especially mm-hmm. if they were to lose without scoring again. Well, and the schedule doesn't get any easier, right? Then they go up to Mile High at Colorado. It's not an easy place to play just because of the environment, never mind the team. Um, come home, have a midweek match against Union Omaha in the U.S. Open Cup. Then then Portland comes to town, and I'm telling you right now, they're not going to come to town and lay down, uh, not after what we did to them up in their place. Yeah, you mentioned that U.S. Open Cup game. For people not familiar, it's, it's sort of a wide-open tournament to play against teams in the lower levels of American soccer, and that's what Union Omaha are. But I'm not sure City could have gotten a tougher draw, not in terms of opponent, but in terms of timing. That's just how the tournament is. It's really more about the MLS schedule to go and play their style a mile up in the air in Colorado and then for the first time all season have to play after just two days off. That is going to be a massive challenge for them. I think there's going to be a ton of rotation, and this is not a team with a lot of depth. In many ways, we're going to be starting an MLS Next Pro team against Union Omaha, and that makes City pretty vulnerable. And that's actually what I'm interested to see is how this club approaches the Open Cup. Some clubs have said, hey, we're we're in for it. We're in. We're going to win. Um, and then they've petered out at the end of the year for MLS. Others have, have approached it that we don't really care about the Open Cup so much until we get later rounds if we get to that point. Otherwise, it's kind of a throwaway tournament for us and we're good. Just use it I, to get touches, to get play, to get practice. Some of the younger players you get them into the mix with some of the, some mm. of the standard players, right? But, but it's not everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see how City approaches the Open Cup. It's an important tournament. Oldest trophy in the United States of any sport. And it fits well into what we were talking about, too, which is that those the way they're going to treat the Open Cup might have changed in the last two months because all of a sudden now they can think about it more in a way a conventional MLS playoff caliber team does, which is our priority is to put ourselves in the playoffs with a position to make a run at MLS Cup. Coming into the season, I think a lot of people were were thinking, you know, we're hoping just to be on the fringes of the playoff race and U.S. Open Cup could be a place to put our resources where other teams aren't and try to get a deep run and get people excited about that. The circumstances have changed, again, in good ways for the most part. They're good problems to have, but they have caused some problems that probably the coaching staff and and the front office, I think even in their wildest dreams, were not planning contingencies for winning their first five games. No way. Follow that up with back-to-back losses, and the pressure uh, will be on at least a little bit more than it has been so far this season. Those expectations, the weight of them may be a little bit heavier on Saturday night. Back home at City Park, 730 on our sister station, Y98, against FC Cincinnati. We're going to change gears next and talk to a former MLS player himself, Dan Gargan, 
who is uh, now in charge of Lou Fuse local club here in St. Louis, which just had a big announcement, and we will talk about that when we come up next here on St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The Y98 St. Louis City Soccer Report continues on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Just outside of the jump, he picks it up, centralization for Klaus! With the, the tap post. home, and it's sent wide. I think he hit the post. And it did indeed clip just a little bit of the woodwork before flinging into this crowd. Oh, Klaus. Chow Klaus, so close to what would have been a go-ahead goal for St. Louis City in the first half, perhaps change the complexion of the match instead. They lose 3-0 to Seattle for their second straight loss last night. They uh, dropped to second behind Sounders in the Western Conference. We have a former MLS player with us now, Dan Gargan, who uh, was with a number of different teams in Major League Soccer over the course of his career, then later an analyst on television for Atlanta United, one of the big clubs in the league. And now the reason he's here, he is the managing director of Lou Fuse Clubs here in St. Louis. Uh, Dan, I know you guys have a big announcement. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Lou Fuse now one of the clubs in Missouri added to MLS Next. Can you tell us what exactly that means and the significance of it to your club and to the St. Louis area? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, and thanks for starting off with Fuse. That's that's very accommodating, uh, especially after the, the match that we watched last night. But yeah, it's a, it is a big announcement. It's, um, you know, for, for a while, um, there hasn't really been a, a ton of uh, options for the best players in St. Louis and the surrounding areas to really play at a high level. And when the pandemic hit in 2020, U.S. soccer sh- shut down the DA, the Development Academy, 
Um, and MLS, I think, you know, jumped in maybe a little bit earlier than they had originally planned, but jumped in to kind of take over that development process. We saw kind of continually in the league, these clubs really investing in the youth and investing in those development ages, you know, those 15s through 19s. And, you know, you're starting to see it through first teams uh, really all over the league, but MLS as a whole really made an initiative and Adidas as well. But um, when they took over MLS next, uh, the DA clubs that were in it previously. So St. Louis, Scott Gallagher was the club in St. Louis that, that held a, a DA spot. Uh, and we felt like we were on the cusp of, of really kind of having the qualifications to get there, but maybe not quite. Um, and we went through the process over the last few years and, and first got, you know, granted a, a provisional pathway, which is U13, U14. And then St. Louis city came to town and, um, you know, we were very fortunate to work really kind of hand in hand with them and, and help them build out a couple of their first age groups with, with some of uh, a significant portion of our players and players that came up through the club and, uh, in U17s and then U15s again, uh, this past year. Um, and they kind of, you know, they saw what we were doing, you know, firsthand. They, um, they were a, a tenant in, um, in the training center in our headquarters and, and got to watch us work day to day and all the coaching education that we do and, and kind of just the, you know, the intention and, and, uh, and effort and, and really passion and, and resources that the Fuse family and, and Lou Fuse Athletic as a whole is really putting towards the development of youth sports uh, in St. Louis. And as we went through the process with MLS and, and with the expansion into MLS Next, um, you know, they were, they were a huge proponent of ours and, and an advocate, but also were able to kind of vouch for what we were doing uh, on a consistent basis to kind of expand the playing field for, for top-level players here in St. Louis. And why that's significant is, is you know, kids have a choice, um, and kids have, you know, a couple different really high-level clubs in, in both Gallagher and, and Fuse now to kind of choose between. And, and that's, that's great because it all feeds towards St. Louis city. And, and I think everybody wants the best for the kids of St. Louis and the community of St. Louis. And, and we want to see our homegrown talent be, you know, developed and, and put into situations where they can succeed uh, and then take steps. What's with whatever's in front of them, whether that's varsity high school soccer or, you know, or taking another big step and, and having your ambition set for college or, you know, exceeding that and putting yourself in an environment where you may want to get to an academy of a professional MLS club or, you know, be a guy like Perez who's on the field for the first team playing in front of, you know, 50,000 last night in, in Seattle at 17 years old. So, you know, these things, the more opportunities that, that St. Louis can kind of gather and, and we as Lufus Athletic can, can help uh, facilitate, we're, we're all behind it. So it's massive for the community. It's massive for the city. Uh, and it's massive for a very, very passionate soccer fan base here in, in St. Louis. Well, thanks for explaining that, Dan, because when, when the announcement came out, I will admit to being like, I, I knew, I thought we, I thought Fuse had some MLS next teams. Cause I was like, I don't think this is brand, brand new, but it makes a little more sense now with the pathway, including U13 up to U19 teams. How does the MLS next part of what your club and other clubs offer differ from the the traditional pathways of here in St. Louis anyway, the teams that play in Slisa. And then also we've got City has its own academy teams. How does that fit between or amongst them? Yeah, so you know, Slisa been on the board for of Slisa since I came here to St. Louis uh, almost seven years ago. Wow. It happens quick. Um, it, you know, so they, they do a great job of putting, um, 
putting a, a pretty good environment out there for clubs and teams of, of really all talent bases and talent levels. And, and from my vantage point, it's, it's way more than just a start in soccer. It's a competitive environment for quite a few different levels, uh, whether that's really kind of grassroots and just getting going in the game or, or continuing on. Um, but then there's, there's quite a few different platforms after that. And they definitely vary in ability and competitive level. Um, and oh, I would say over the past few years, it, it's gotten probably a little bit diluted and, and there's a lot of leagues and, uh, and the, uh, I guess trying to navigate that process has been, has been pretty challenging or can be pretty challenging for those that aren't really, you know, in it on a day-to-day experience. Um, so we try and do our best to, to really educate our parents and educate our families, uh, on where we see significant value. Uh, but it's it's pretty unequivocal that MLS Next is the top of that pyramid at this point. So it was the Development Academy, which was run by U.S. Soccer, um, and like I said, MLS jumped in and and they you know took over and and were at the at uh, at the forefront of kind of leading that again. And they've now since expanded again. So it's there's there's you know there's more leagues underneath MLS in between MLS and and Slisa. Um, but MLS is, is the top of the top on the boys' side. Um, and then it's basically ECNL and uh, the girls' academy, which is the top of the top on the, on the girls' side. And then, you know, then you kind of navigate in between there, and, and there's pros and cons to all of it, you know, whether that's price or regional travel or national travel or, you know, there's, there's quite a few things that kind of are differentiators. But it, it's, big for, it's big for St. Louis to have two – really top clubs uh, developing players to then put them and support St. Louis city uh, as best we can with, you know, kind of those, those first few years, those, um, those years where, where it's a day to day and you're really learning the game and, and the fundamentals of the game. And then, you know, St. Louis city, their position is they kind of take those players that are competitively driven and, and really want the next challenge and, and put them into a, a different environment and see if they can polish them a little bit further and, and then give them an opportunity. So it's big, it's big for St. Louis. You, you guys see it on a, on a day-to-day basis, how passionate this city is for this sport. Dan, I realize this is kind of a loaded question and we only have about a minute left, but quickly, uh, how good do you feel at this point, the training is in the U S to develop players, whether that's for MLS, for Europe or for the national team and what kind of progress are we making? Well, I mean, I think it, it's pretty easy to say that we produce high-level athletes in this country um, a dime a dozen, and we are a sports-based uh, society here in this country as well. So I think when these bigger clubs, these MLS clubs, really decided to start to put the resources towards coaching and towards development and towards really kind of educating staff and, and having a, a clear identity with a style of play and wanting to develop principles within – the day-to-day of, of training and, and really kind of set a standard. Um, it's not there yet by any stretch of the imagination, but you can really see, um, I, I think, the, the framework of, of what is going to be happening over the next you know, couple decades. And I think that we are sprinting past uh, other countries and kind of putting ourselves in that international conversation. I mean, you see how many players are playing internationally. You also see that just this past weekend uh, was the the – the GA cup, which is MLS next kind of high level um, tournament down in Florida. And I think the Philadelphia union 15s beat 
beat uh, Arsenal's 15s, and they also beat Real Madrid's 15s. So, I mean, you're talking about a competitive level that we haven't seen in this country for a long time, but it's it's a dedication to the sport, and I think the dedication to the sport is is rapidly evolving. Well, we appreciate your time, Dan, and uh, best of luck. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Dan Gargan, the uh, managing director of Lou Fuse Athletic, uh, with their clubs announced as new members of MLS Next. Those academies continuing to uh, feed not only City, but the rest of MLS and uh, hopefully the U.S. men's national team as well. We'll talk a little bit about the U.S. women's national team coming up later on as we continue on our second hour. Charles Bohm of MLSsoccer.com will join us next. We'll talk about City and uh, as well the U.S. women's national team's imminent visit to City Park here in St. Louis on Tuesday night. All that and more to come in the final half hour of the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Y98 St. Louis City Soccer Report continues on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back in our KMOX studios, Nate Gatter, Jen Cease with George Ganser alongside St. Louis City Soccer Report continues into our final half hour. And we're talking a little bit about the U.S. women's national team. It's been uh, anticipated for some time now. What? Uh, the last time they were here was summer of 2019. I think May of 2019. Yeah, at let's Stadium, go. Uh, when they walked all over New Zealand. This is uh, a better Ireland team they'll be playing heading to their first Women's World Cup and uh, put up a pretty good fight in the first of two matchups between the two teams on Saturday in Austin. The U.S. women's team arrived to much fanfare here in St. Louis last night. They on did. Their plane. A lot of the clubs, uh, the girls' clubs, went out and met them, and and I and the the team. It seemed like from the videos that people were just kind of sharing personally on social media that the team was really good. I'm sure they were exhausted, but signing autographs and doing all the things. It was awesome. I was thinking. I, I don't want to say you know those poor players because they <laughs> live a pretty good life. You know they're living out their dreams. At the same time, they've had a long day. They That's just played right. a game under the Austin sun. They're getting off the plane and they were greeted by. You know, hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, of young girls screaming for them, which is really invigorating, exciting. but also a, a big responsibility. For I think sure, Kelly O'Hara and Becky Sauerbrunn were probably there for about an hour. Oh signing my autographs. gosh, yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised when they got out. Actually, I'm sure. And at this point in time, I know we were really kind of hoping to talk to a player. They're here. They're having dinner currently, as they should. You know, prepping for Tuesday night, which everybody is really excited, and I know the team's excited as well. That's going to be at City Park on Tuesday night. Uh, tickets are, uh, I don't know if any are still available through the club, but uh, reselling, of course, on SeatGeek and, and elsewhere on your uh, secondary market ticket resources. Uh, you can get in for, uh, I think, about 60 bucks a piece last I checked. 
the, the prices certainly have not been cheap, but they're a little bit cheaper now than they were uh, on face value when they were first released by the club. The bit of bad news to come out of uh, Saturday, and actually it's not a bit of bad news, pretty substantial bad news, despite the fact that the U.S. won 2-0 and uh, had some real bright spots. Mallory Swanson, formerly Mallory Pugh, before uh, her marriage to the Atlanta Braves turned Chicago Cubs uh, highly paid shortstop Dansby Swanson, uh, tore her patella tendon in her Mm. left knee. And you just hate it for her because this is a kid who was the next big thing as a teenager and rose to national fame, at least among people who are women's soccer fans at a really young age, had her first cap, I think, as a teenager with the women's senior team. And never really found her footing. I think in many ways was, at least in the short term, when she was first up with the national team, a disappointment just because the expectations were so high high. for her. And that was such a good team competing at such a high level with players 10, 15 years her senior. She struggled to, to find her footing behind the best and deepest forward crop of any country's national pool in the in the world. Then she finally did. This last year, this last 18 months, she has really settled in. She had seven goals her last six games with the national team. She has been fantastic in the NWSL. And now her World Cup, you would have to think. I mean, they're saying is in doubt. It would be shocking if she was able to play in the World Cup and be anywhere close to herself. And you just hate it for her because you never know where life will be four years from now. This was a moment for her to be a critical piece of the women's national team in a transitional period for them. And now I think unlikely, if not impossible, she's going to be involved. And at a friendly, which which aren't friendly as we, you know, the PK at the end of the game uh, was practically a grudge match, you know, pull down in the box. It happens. It's part of it. But exactly right. When I had heard before I was able to see everything and heard that she had gotten hurt, I was actually, you know, looking at the highlights in it, the 26 mark, she was already pulled down in the box by a defender goes head in first to a keeper and I thought that's really weird they're saying she's having a knee injury this doesn't look like a knee injury well sure enough at the 42 minute mark she goes down and and you can see god you can see the plant of the leg and you can see anybody who's hurt their knee with a planted foot probably looked and saw how much that hurt now what you tear could be different my, my myself I was an MCL terror I had friends of mine who were ACL terrors so I don't know that much about her tear in particular, but I can't imagine um, she could be in full shape for World Cup. The good. I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you hope the best for her. Certainly, the good injury news for the U.S. women's team is Julie Ertz, the uh, critical central midfielder who was so important in that 2019 uh, World Cup win, playing in the number six role as a holding midfielder for the U.S. Returned to her first U.S. women's national team action in 611 days in part because of injury, in part because of pregnancy, and then the birth of her child, uh, another professional athlete marriage with uh, Philadelphia Eagles turned Arizona Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz. Julia is still only 31 years old, which is a little bit hard to believe because of how banged up she's been with her physical style of play and how long she's been around. Made her 117th cap on Saturday and celebrated her 100th, which had happened previously during COVID without uh, fans in the stands. Really good to see her back on the field. A Julie Ertz at even 80% might be better than any other option the U.S. has as a center defensive mid. Ertz is a badass. It's just in every every sense of a player, um, I've got got players that you look at for prettiness, right? The prettiness of the way they play. You have other players, the smartness of the way they play. And Ertz kind of has a little mix of all that. And she's just... 
She's going to go and get the job done. And I must say, because I'm the only one in this room right now, as a fellow woman who has come back, not at this level, but tried to come back and and after having a baby, having, I just want to, it's an injury. So yeah. just be really clear, like other, besides the injuries that Swanson got and the injuries that Ertz has had, when, when you have had another human being come out of your body in whatever way that human being comes out of your body, things Ain't never the same. Um, I will never forget the first time I thought I was in shape enough to go play at a competitive level for for my competition level. And the first time I reached out for a ball, like I kind of reached out like I normally was like, oh, things are not like that didn't feel right. There were just pieces of me that didn't feel right. Ligaments have forever been changed and and lengthened. And every time I see herself, um, Alex Morgan, um, LaRue, and, and, and I think, what is it, like 15? I think it was it's somewhere around in the teens of U.S. women's team players who have come back after having a baby. You know, I, I tell any male player, match that. That's hard. It is probably the hardest thing I've ever done coming back to play beyond even tearing MCLs. Yeah, there's uh, an unofficial record on this uh, current 26-player roster for the U.S. Women's National Team. I don't know that there's any official record-keeping of this sort of thing, but the the unofficial record is that there are five moms on this roster with Alex Morgan, Crystal Dunn, Julie Ertz, Jessica McDonald, and I'm forgetting somebody, but that there are five five players who who have gone through that, yeah. and, and that's a pretty serious. And, oh my and god! And thing. there's there's tons of dads. Right, but a lot of right. people are dads, and, and that's super cool, and that's awesome. And I love when you see the little kids run up and just treat you like the dad that you are, or treat you like the mom that you are, because you're not superstar, but. They didn't come out of you. <laughs> and so your body is really, you're probably not also getting a lot of sleep, but that, that massive change, which was something that, you know, I, our, my first son can thank soccer for his existence because had it been up to my husband, we would have probably had children a little earlier, but I wanted to play some more. And it's because the fellow women around me were, were had been saying, hey, by the way, enjoy every minute. Because we want you to come back and play, but life will be different. I thought, oh, sure, I'll be fine. And it was. It was a whole lot different. So they're just, they're, they're huge heroes in my mind. Yeah, that's a good point because obviously family planning is important to every person, every parent, uh, you know, everybody that's a part of your life if you are interested in having kids. But family planning does not influence in, impact anybody's life the way it impacts a female professional athlete who's going to be the one ultimately carrying that child. And certainly uh, Julie has has demonstrated a, her trademark toughness, if you will, in in coming back from that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how effective she can be. Obviously, uh, Vlako Antonovsky has not made any promises about anybody having roster spots. We've seen that with Christian Press and Tobin Heath, two stalwarts of the past for the women's national team who are not even included in this 26-player roster for the friendlies and very unlikely to be involved in the World Cup just because they've been outplayed by some younger players. Julie will have to fight for her spot in the same way that everybody else does, but getting her anywhere close to 100% would uh, would have a dramatic impact to the point of those uh, those appearances that she celebrated her 100th cap on Tuesday night when the U.S. women are here at City Park against Ireland. Becky, Becky Sauerbrunn, that's right. the, uh, the local kid, the former Ledoux Ram <laughs> out of JB Marine Club here in the area, is going to be celebrating her 200th cap, which, again, will have already passed by. She's uh, over 200 by a dozen or more at this point. But uh, the U.S. Women's National Team captain, who very selflessly, by the way, put the armband on Julie Ertz when Julie did return to the field, which I thought was uh, a really 
uh, an act of leadership on yeah. Becky's part and welcoming Julie back into the fold. But uh, Becky Sauerbrunn will be celebrating her 200th cap. Yeah, and she's play on 215 now, I think, right? Yes. When, yeah, so I talked to her a couple of weeks ago. That was really awesome. And she was sitting on 214. Well, now they've had the game. So 215, you know, going back in time a little bit at Sunday, uh, celebrating the 200th here, uh, confirmed that it will be a bit in the pregame, which is great. And I think I think the stadium is is going to go pretty crazy for that, as it should. And, and I'm so glad she gets to do that here, right here at this stadium, our stadium. By the way, Adriana French, the backup goalkeeper, there was the last go. mom that I forgot. I knew I was going to leave somebody out in a list of five. It's getting long. Um, and I remember thinking the same thing uh, at the time You know, we talked about it, that, that there are probably, what's the record for most dads on a U.S. men's team? It's probably way more than five, and that shows sure. you just the sacrifices that we, these women have to make, whether that's the sacrifices in their personal life to put off having children until a certain time at which they feel more comfortable doing it with their careers, or the sacrifices they have to make physically to come back after it and and to be, you know, then a marriage of two professional athletes trying to find a way to provide for, I, that, for that's a whole child That's a whole time. different level, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just so, so much that goes into that. So we have a lot of respect for them. I mean, obviously, I don't need to tell you that. I have a lot of respect for them. You understand, uh, at least at, at the level that you I'm were playing I'm a high admirer, there. that's for sure. Yes. And I think, too, uh, Becky, and I don't know if that you wanted to get to this now, or um, but Becky had also talked a little bit about... Um, very honest about how this is the team that's here now. The, the, the team, the face of the team could change for the World Cup. And unfortunately, we just saw Swanson. So we've got, you know, potentially NWSL players who are some of them are playing lights out soccer right now who might get a look because things like that happen. Yeah, so it's a it's a good point that that those NWSL players are uh, certainly need to be need to keep pushing because you never know uh, when that opportunity is going to come. I think this U.S. women's team has a roster much more in flux than what you typically see at the last couple of cycles for them just a few months before a World Cup. The last, in 2019 and 2015, certainly the roster, I think, was a much more solidified as of three or four months out. I agree. And yeah. Right now, there is a lot of fluidity and a lot up in the air. Yeah, and I think it's, in some ways, it's like, oh, but in some ways, it makes it really great for the fact that anything could happen and for the growth, you know, when you don't, when you're a young one, and I'm talking about a lot younger than me, the ones who are playing in the NWSL, I could imagine looking up to that team that was pretty set. It's like, I'm never going to break in there. But now you might have a chance to, and that's got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the U.S. Women's National Team in particular, some of those notable absences, because there are quite a few for those of you maybe circling back to the team for the first time since the 2019 World Cup, and or at least since the disappointing performance in the Olympics in 2021. The U.S. Women's National Team taking on Ireland on Tuesday night at City Park in one of their final tune-ups before they head to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand this summer. Talking more about it when we return for our last segment here on the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. The Y98 St. Louis City Soccer Report continues on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Time to wrap things up on the St. Louis City Soccer Report. So glad you could join us on this Sunday evening here on KMOX every Sunday from 5 to 7 if we have no Cardinals conflict. We uh, got you all set for St. Louis City coming off their uh, two losses in a row now, including 3-0 last night. Really got away from them in the second half against Seattle Sounders. They will try to bounce back on our sister station, Y98. Next Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff. Joey Zanaboni and Dale Shilley will have it for you when City hosts Eastern Conference leaders FC Cincinnati, the only team in MLS with more points than Seattle, who are the only other team with more points than St. Louis. So a challenging stretch for City. 
And then we're also talking about the U.S. Women's National Team here in St. Louis for the first time in three years and for the first time ever at City Park, Tuesday night against Ireland. Jen Cease, what are you most excited to see when you are there with your daughters on Tuesday night? Oh, so it's them playing in front of a crowd. I, I, it was funny. I had, you know, I'm a Facebooker. So, yeah, the, according to my kids, it makes me old. You are so a Facebooker. I, I got Facebook. And so I had a memory pop up where I went to that game and I took my daughter, who is now 14. The other daughter did not exist <laughs> at that point in time. And it was a really great memory because for me at the time, I remember working in sports a long, long time ago and having a lot of sportscasters, different sportscasters just kind of say, you know, I, it, it's really awesome that you're this athlete and that you're so into it, but, you know, nobody's going to watch. Nobody's going to pay to watch women play at this level. Nobody's going to pay to do that in droves, right? Narrator, and, and, that was a lie. Right, exactly. And so and from, from myself, who was used to coming off of high school and college where sometimes you didn't draw people to come see you, I was like, God, that sucks to hear. And then my post was basically like, suck it, dude. <laughs> you owe me that beer. Right. And I you know, suck it again because he hasn't given me that beer. And I get to take my daughters now not to Bush Stadium, which was amazing, by the way. But it was a diamond, you know, with soccer. Now it's City Park's own field, which Becky even Becky Sauerbrunn said she was really excited to. She, in that interview she did, for the record, we were on Zoom and she had she wanted everybody to know she was sporting her city jersey in support of our MLS team um, and uh, that she was really excited to play here in a soccer stadium built for soccer for soccer fans. You know that I, if I have a bone to pick with, with U.S. soccer, especially on the women's side, I get a little bit frustrated with them sometimes about how their great messaging of inclusivity sometimes mm-hmm. doesn't translate to their ticket prices. I think... Well, there's only three of the six of us going for that reason. I think it was way too expensive. I I mean, you're looking at after fees. I think it was $105 was the minimum price at face value to get into the stadium, sit in the upper corner, which is to me insane. Family of four, you're talking about then you're going to maybe have to park or take a Metrolink down or whatever. You're looking at $450, $500, $600, depending on how you're choosing to spend your money once you're there. That to me is not as inclusive as they claim to be, but... If you're going to put a silver lining on that, to your point about people won't pay to watch women's soccer, that's just a flat-out lie. I went personally (laughs) with with my girlfriend and I went to see the U.S. men's team in their last World Cup qualifying cycle play in Cincinnati in a similar size stadium, slightly bigger by a couple thousand uh, than City Park, against Mexico. The only time that the U.S. and Mexico play each other with World Cup ramifications in World Cup qualification. I think you can make the argument that is the single biggest game that happens on U.S. soil every four years, with the exception of the rare occasions like 2026 when they'll host the World Cup. That is the biggest game. Face value for that game was lower on on equivalent wow. tickets to what it was to watch the women play a friendly here on Tuesday night against Ireland. So that shows you the demand for soccer in St. Louis, but it also shows you specifically the demand for the women's game. Yeah. It, it, it's also very specifically, people will pay to go see something they want to see, right? And they want to go watch the girls play because they're really good. And and it, technically, this is the send-off match, sort of. I th- I'm sure they'll have another match or two in the, in the process on the way out, but this is being billed as the last scheduled match before they go to the World Cup. Together as a uh, world, Together uh, as know, a team. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure that'll change, but at the end of the day... <laughs> you think they're going to add one more match? It, it won't be in St. Louis, probably. <laughs> right. No, it won't. And 
they're fun to watch play. They're technically good. They're strong. They're solid. They're playing against a good team. Um, th- this is Tuesday night's going to be a lot of fun, and I I wish I would have bought three more tickets for for me and the boys. But uh, yeah, our twelve year old boy is not happy. He's like, "What?" And then we I said, and it was interesting because I've got my old brain on right, the old brain where boys weren't interested in girl. And I was like, well, "You want to see?" He goes, "Yes, I do." He's like, "They're really good at soccer," and I was like, "Oh, but no, I'm not paying for another." <laughs> <laughs> and they do a lot of winning. Two-time defending World Cup champions, though they do have maybe a little bit of a chip on their shoulder um, after not winning the Olympic gold in 2021. Happens. What was technically the 2020 Olympics that took place in 21. Uh, they had to settle uh, for playing for the bronze. Instead, didn't even make it to the gold medal game, which was, by their standards, I, I don't want to say something like epic failure, but certainly well, a disappointment. at the time it was. It was an epic failure, but it just, I think it also speaks to the growth of the game. Like, it's awesome being the big kid on top, right? I that's that's fun, but it's if the game's going to grow around the world, it's not supposed to stay that way. We should have to fight for it all the time. And this is uh, this is the next generation that's going to have to keep fighting for it, and the fight's going to get harder. Uh, fans at City Park will get to see them, particularly that forward line. No Megan Rapino, who they expect might still be available for the World Cup. She's coming back from an injury. No Tobin Heath, no Christian Press. Now no Mallory Pugh now named Mallory Swanson. It's really just Alex Morgan, one of the old standards, joined by uh, uh, the young crop, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, uh, Ashley Hatch even, who's uh, stepped up into a much bigger role. More of the stalwarts in the defensive and midfield sections and, and of course, a listener in goal. But should be very, very fun on Tuesday night when uh, we host the U.S. Women's National Team against Ireland at City Park. That'll do it for us on this Sunday evening for this edition of the St. Louis City Soccer Report. For George Gansner, Jen Cease, I'm Nate Gatter saying so long. Hope you join us next Sunday for more St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
hearts.